Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Welcome into this Monday show. It's a real Monday Monday here at uh, WRNR in Martinsburg. Spencer Dupuis joined alongside Nick Verzellini September 13th. Just want to remind you that this show is presented in part by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremation. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Uh, it was a football-filled show Friday, and I guess it's kind of what it'll be Friday and Mondays. Got a lot yeah. to talk about this weekend. I mean, that's the main thing going on right now is football, so. That is the main thing going on. Uh, Once basketball picks up, I'm sure we'll throw a little bit of that in, but really, I mean, the Nats are bad right now the Orioles are bad Nats did get a win yesterday shout out to them I mean good for them and because of the Ravens being on Monday Night Football tonight you'll be able to hear another you'll be able to hear a Nats broadcast tonight right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 AM 740 Uh, but let's get into uh, high school football action specifically here in the Martinsburg area Martinsburg with the big huge win over Sharando Friday night it was just uh it was just a beating. Yeah. Quite honestly. Kind of unexpected, I think, heading into the year, or at least when they scheduled this game, uh, because Sharando is usually a pretty solid program based on my understanding. But, yeah, this is a down year for them, and Martinsburg certainly took advantage of that and, you know, uh, controlled the football game throughout and wasn't very competitive at all, you know, compared to the muscle game, which at least was competitive at the beginning. Uh, this is pretty much just a straight-up beatdown. Yeah, and – um. Braxton Todd continues to make a statement. I mean, I think he's got well over 300 yards now on the season in just two games, really in just seven quarters, because I don't think he played it, if I remember correctly. He didn't play at all during that fourth quarter. I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah, he's been off to a great start for them. Um, You know, the only thing you would really be concerned about is his health because he has been shaken up in both of the games. So you just hope that he can stay healthy. Uh, so they have that player because they have that guy in your backfield. I mean, he makes a big difference. Obviously, they have other talented guys behind him as well. But I think he's just a different level player than the rest of the guys on the team or at least the rest of the running backs on the team. So he get, he elevates that team to a brand new level. Yeah, and I mean, I think he really made a statement, quite frankly, this is my opinion, for the West Virginia Gatorade State Player of the Year. I mean, He'll be just in contention. Contention, but just completely dominant on the ground whenever he got the ball. He didn't get in the end zone, but he was getting 30, 40, 50 yards on runs, and that's just to, seems to be what his MO is when he gets the ball. Yeah, there's a lot of good players in the state, but he, he's definitely one of the better ones, and I think he'll uh, probably be in, in the running for that award. Um, but, you know, I'm sure South Charleston will have some guys as well, and uh, some of the other top teams as the power ratings came out again this week. Martinsburg number one, top three. Not shocked. We'll get into those after. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, Coach Sherman's post-game comments when he uh, was down on the sideline Friday night with Colin McLaughlin. I'm down here with Victoria's head coach. 3-0 start, statement win at home. How's it feel to get the first home win of the season? It's always good to be home, but, uh, you know, against a perennially pretty good uh, Strando team, it's, it's good to uh you know get a quality win and those guys are going to win some games they've just not they've played some pretty good teams here at the beginning of the year what'd you like that your team executed tonight you know of our wise offensively we pretty much did what we wanted to do we ran the ball hard 
Um, you know, defensively, again, we had a, a strong performance. You know, they didn't run the ball very well against us at all. Had a couple passes, but it's kind of the way we are defensively. Put a lot of pressure on you and make you hook up that uh, pass that you're going to have to get it off quick. Back on the road next week, what are you hoping to see to improve the 4 now? Got a big test next week, big challenge. And I was just telling these guys, this game's been brewing for a year and a half between us and Highland Springs. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a tall task, but, you know, these guys always usually rise to the occasion, and we'll see what they do this, this coming week. All right, if it's been brewing, anything you want to get off your chest or not yet? No, I just, you know, it's excited to see, you know, kind of where we're going to be, you know, as far as matching up with those guys. That was head coach Britt Sherman there from the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Uh, after the 58-7 win over Sharando, let's look at other scores in the EPAC. We'll start with the one team that was away in double A. That was Hedgesville. They got a big victory down there at, let me see if I can find it. Or East Fairmont. Here we go. Let me find it. I just lost all my stuff here for a second while I was trying to do something. But uh, they got the big win over East Fairmont, 28 to nothing down in double-A. But that's still a good game for Hedgesville confidence-wise. You're going to beat a double-A team, but just to get some confidence on your team that had you know that's coming in off of a win, now you got a streak going. That's probably the best thing that head coach Matt Faircloth can get, and we'll catch up with him this week. But I know he's going to be happy that they got a win, especially their defense had to have played pretty well. Their defense has been really good all season. I mean, only giving up 20 points in week one against Washington, gave up uh, 12 points in week two, and then a shutout this week. So they've gotten better and better on defense. And obviously, yes, a win over 2A school, but a 28 nothing win is a pretty solid margin. You know, it wasn't like it was a sloppy win. So it was a, it was a good win for that program to, you know, get another win on the board in Hedgesville has certainly improved from last year. And, again, we talk about it almost every week. You know, we don't expect them to be in the playoffs this year, but if they can get four, five, six wins, well, if they get four, five or six, they're probably in. But if yeah. they can get three or four wins, which at this point they already have two, so maybe the goal could be a, a, a low seed in the postseason. Yeah, and look at some other scores. Spring Mills all over Hampshire, 51-7. to I don't think that was that shocking. Hampshire came in one and one. And – you know, Spring Mills has some firepower. They kind of showed it week one. They didn't get the win, but they showed they had a lot of stuff to do, and then they got the win last week by forfeit. So they came in one and one. Both teams were one and one. But I think, obviously, Spring Mills has a good team. Yeah, I think they're another younger team. They're kind of a similar situation to Hedgesville. So I think whenever they match up this year, that will be interesting. But I think Spring Mills, uh, you know, Coach Sims talked about how how disappointing it was to not get a chance to prove that they were a better team than what they showed against Musselman, and uh, were able to do that this week. And a kind of a shocker in my eyes. I didn't expect it to go down like this, but double-A Frankfurt blanks Washington 21 nothing. I kind of was shocked by that. Yeah, Frankfurt's a really good program, though, at, at uh, 2A, so they're on the rise. And I, I was surprised that Washington didn't put up any points. Not so much that Frankfurt. That's kind of what game. I was shocked was that they blanked them. They didn't get yeah. anything in the end zone. When we when we called their game week one on the Thursday night, they had some stuff going. Like like yeah, they played a, a you know not a great Hedgesville team at the time, but they still did some good stuff offensively and defensively. I think too, you know, not having that game a week ago 
can affect you. You know, not getting to play back-to-back weeks, not getting a chance to improve, um, you know, front with a Spring Mills game. So now they're looking at, you know, a situation they put themselves in at one and two, and, and it's a little bit surprising because they probably were hoping to at least be two and one, if not three and zero oh, out of this stretch. And, you know, due to a forfeit and a, uh, you know, a loss to a 2A team, they're now sitting at one and two. Yeah, and let's talk about the EPAC matchup last week the only epac matchup and it was it was in in my opinion i think it was a shock i thought it was going to be a shootout till the end but jefferson all over musselman 47 to 12 musselman now one and two jefferson improves to three and oh and i think muscle or i think jefferson is legit they jump into the the metro news power rankings this week um and they just showed out on friday night at musselman yeah I mean, they look as good as that new field, right? Yeah. And that's what the uh, headline was in the journal as you know, Jefferson gets the huge win and they've been off to a great start. I think Coach Craig Hunter's getting you know his team going a little bit. Evan Terrell and uh, Taylor Romper recording some nice touchdown runs. So this team seems to be on, on the, uh, the rise here at Jefferson. I think they're definitely um, you know a school to keep your eye on, and I'm really excited for – the remainder of their season, and if them and Martinsburg come in, you know, undefeated, heading into that game, that will be a real great matchup to see. You know, one is Jefferson a contender this year, and two, you know, to have two undefeated teams in the EPAC, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and let's before we hit break, let's talk about one more AAA game that was. We talked about on the show on Friday with our uh, former colleague at WMUL. He took your job to be the Huntington play-by-play voice. That was I. That was the clo- the other. That was the only, the closest game in AAA last week, and it didn't disappoint. Huntington wins twenty-one to seventeen. Huntington three and zero. Cabell Midland two and one. Cabell Midland had knocked off Spring Valley week one, um, but that was a great game. Yeah, I had a chance to. Uh, I called Andrew after the game on my way home from the uh, from the Martins or not from the Martinsburg game, but from producing the Martinsburg game, and just to see like how it went down because I was checking the score, uh, getting ready for my scoreboard update. And I saw heading into the fourth or late in the fourth, it was seventeen fourteen. I'm like, oh, Huntington's not going to get this win, but they prevailed late, and it was a really close game. You know, Cabell Midland was running out the clock with about four minutes to go. Huntington gets the football back with three minutes left. Get Pretty much got outplayed the entire game and then converts two fourth downs on their final game-winning drive to win the game 21-17. So it, it was a thriller, and it was a really good football game down in Huntington, and that's why they ranked now number three, and they got another big one this week. So, I mean. Yeah, it'll, it'll be – It'll be interesting to see how those power rankings go and how the teams down in that end of the state end the season, especially uh, Martinsburg will travel to Spring Valley at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And Spring Valley, not a bad team. Definitely uh, not. Definitely not a bad team. So that that could be a great matchup going – or that could be one of – for playoff rankings, you know, where you would be going at towards the end of the season. But you can't you can't sleep on the Huntington or Cabell Midland teams. Yeah, Huntington, Cabell, Midland, South Charleston, obviously the defending state champs. Um, you know, you mentioned Gatorade Player of the Year. I think Dunn from South Charleston, if he's still there, which I believe he is, will certainly be in the running. Uh, their quarterback, he's very talented. I don't know if Huntington will have anybody just because they're more of a balanced team. But, it, yeah, there's a lot of good teams in that part of the state, and, and certainly the 
they'll contend come playoff time. All right, well, we've reached the end of the first segment. The segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. We'll talk. We'll do a Shepherd recap and then talk college football, including Marshall and West Virginia getting easy wins, but not so easy. That's next. From Hagerstown Ford, I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. The Mountaineers are climbing. And the final seconds coming off of the clock here at the 62nd Liberty Bowl. And the best is yet to come. They got him again. There goes Lenny Brown. He's going to score six. This Saturday, the battle for the Black Diamond Trophy is renewed. Our coverage begins at 8.30 a.m. on your home for Mountaineer football. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM and AM 740. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Sports Mix right here talk on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 on TV10 on Comcast Channel 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson Counties on Facebook streaming on the TV10 Facebook page. Uh, we'll talk some Shepherd football. They got a huge win over conference opponent Gannon, 56-26. to And, Nick, you were on the play-by-play call. What a great game for Shepard. They showed out. They had a lot of offensive numbers. Yeah, ended up with actually over, you know, 200 yards rushing, but a lot of that came uh, from the backup quarterback and from um, their backup running back. But in the game, you know, Tyson Bajan did his thing, five touchdown passes. Um, and only, just, only incompleted eight passes, went for 363 yards, and he didn't get sacked at all. Yeah, I mean, he he – he did his thing, and let me tell you, you know, their ability to either beat you deep, it's a pick-your-poison 
offense really because they have guys like Beach and Leonard who can who can quickly get down the field and spread out the defense, or you can dump it down to them, you know, in the flat, and they can make a play on the run and and pretty much have it be like a running play, and then you know still get you know twelve fifteen yards. So teams really have that struggle. And Gannon got behind early, and once they got behind, you know Shepard just kind of continued to put the pressure on them, and that kind of made it tough for Gannon to come back and win that football game. So it was an exciting game in terms of points scored, but um, yeah, Shepard just pulls away and offensively very dominant performance. Yeah, offensively very dominant. I think one of the key stats that uh, you'll hear in a minute here from Coach McCook because they didn't give you guys stats on top they of the press box. They gave us the halftime ones, but, yeah, it was tough to get up there, so they didn't make their way, I guess, up there or whatever happened. But, I mean, um, yeah, big win. Uh, but So one of the key stats that I thought was key to this whole win was Shepard 8 for 12 on third downs. Gannon 4 for 12. Yeah. You you can't win a game when you're four for twelve on third downs. No, that's going to be tough, especially when you're trying to keep pace with a team that, as we saw on Saturday, put up fifty six points and pretty much the entire first half was just going up and down the field. You know, got down six nothing early, no panic out of the Shepherd side, and they just keep putting up those points. And, and if that continues, you know, this week obviously a huge game of IUP, but um, you know that Gannon team just couldn't keep up. Yeah, and. Uh... It just seemed like, yeah, they just that Gannon team couldn't do anything. It just seemed like every single time they got on offense, that Shepard defensive line and defense in general was just stopping them. And then on offense, it just seemed like Bajent was unstoppable. Well, yeah, yeah, yes and no. I think Gannon could move the ball against the Shepard defense at times, but it was just putting up the points that was an issue in terms of you know keeping pace with a very high offense in Shepard, which. Gannon didn't quite have that ability because they still put up 26 points, which is a yeah. solid outing, but they just couldn't stop Shepard at all, you know, 56 to 26. So it wasn't so much that they couldn't do anything on offense, but it just – they got behind early, and I think they abandoned the running game too early in that game for them because they're a run-first football team with a lot of good backs, and they just completely abandoned that because they were trying to play Shepard style instead of playing their style, and I think that really hurt them as well. But – yeah, Shepard looks good early, and this is this will be their first big test, I think, this week in IUP because it's a top 25 matchup, but overall, I mean, a nice win. Before we talk a little bit more about IUP, let's hear Coach McCook's uh, post-game comments with Colin McLaughlin down on the sideline. With Coach McCook. All right, thank you guys down here with the victorious Coach McCook. Let's get you over here in this camera. Congrats on the win. How's it feel? Uh, it's great to be 2-0. Um, you know, we've had a long road trip. I thought our kids came out, overcame some adversity, uh, played very solid in all three phases. We obviously have things we've got to get better at and improve on. I think we'll have a focused team coming to work. we got a big one next week, and uh, I'm very proud. I've always – one thing I've always realized is that I need to enjoy wins, and we're going to enjoy this one. We'll look at the tape, and we'll come back in, uh, tomorrow and start our preparation, make our corrections and build our game plans in all three phases to be the most competitive team we can be. Big day for uh, Tyson. How do you do out there? Yeah, Tyson was fantastic. I'm actually looking at this. He was 29 to 37 for 363 yards, five touchdowns. And the big thing is we didn't give up a sack. Um, I mean, looking at these quickie stats, the fact that we were 8 of 12 on third down, they were 4 of 12 on third down. 
We doubled them up there. We were one for one on fourth down conversions. Our defense held them to 0 for 1. Um, we were 7 for 7 in the red zone chances, which is great. And the time of possession, we had it by almost 11 minutes. So, you know, I think when you look at the statistics, it's all going to look really good. But I know there's going to be things on there that our coaches are going to be frustrated with that they're going to want to come to work and, and, and fix and get better. Thank you, Coach. Congrats on the win. Back up to you guys with uh, that. All right. Well, thanks to Colin on Saturday for that interview. Um, let's quickly just kind of talk about this IUP team. They beat Cutstown 29-26 on Saturday. Cutstown came in number 18th and 16 in the two different D2 football polls. Um, that's going to be a tough game for Shepard. That's going to be a very good matchup in a tough game. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be a very competitive game. It was a competitive game uh, for IUP in, in the win over Cutstown. A late score by the Golden Bears got them back into it a little bit. But overall, um, you know, pretty good football game there. And I expect really most EPAC games should be really competitive this year. I mean, four games or four teams were ranked in the preseason poll. Cutstown might fall off this week, but they'll probably get back in there at some point. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, from here on out, I mean, we're going to see competitive football. And, again, it's another road game. So how does this team, you know, stay rested with another long trip uh, going up to IUP before finally having a home game on September yeah. 25th? I mean, that'll finally be a good home game to get, but it'll be a it'll be a it'll it'll be against that Cutstown team. So you're facing two good teams back-to-back. Yeah, two teams that were ranked in the preseason. So – you know, this is where we head into this stretch where we're going to really see, I think, how good Shepard is. A few things they'll have to clean up this week, but I think they're definitely headed in the right direction. All right. Well, now let's check in the other college football teams in the state of West Virginia. Mountaineers came in after a bad loss to Maryland, thirty to twenty-four last week. But they, you know, they. Were it's not playing. a bad loss, Spencer. It's not a bad. Maryland loss, is a quality team this year. Yeah, but if WVU. You wanted that win, obviously. You definitely wanted the win, but we keep saying bad loss. That's not a bad loss. I mean, I think it's a bad loss. Like, not a bad loss is in a way. I think for your team, it's a bad loss. Because I get you, you, what you're saying. You're a team that competes with Maryland. Right. And you should have beat Maryland is what had I a chance. Was. Yes. But they came in and got to, they had easy game this week. They had a, you know, that was a big game or a pay game for them where they paid LIU Long Island University to come down to Morgantown and took a beating 66 nothing and they got some of their players in uh different you know young players got in but uh here is coach brown's comments his opening statement after the game we got done when we need to get done it wasn't perfect by any means you know i thought that um starting on the defense side of the ball i thought we flew around got lined up our communication was improved from a from a week ago you know i thought we did a better job other than that drive right before half uh, disappointed in that one uh, where we where we blocked the field goal, um, but I thought we we played better team defense and um, on offense. You know, I thought we we were efficient. Um, we were able to break some tackles, something we hadn't done. Uh, not as fired up about what we did in the run game. You know, especially early in the first half, um, we didn't want to get Letty a, a, a ton of work, but we would like to give him some more room on some of his carries. So th- that was probably the only disappointing thing offensively. Thought um, Daggy was really efficient, and I thought our first group of wideouts, you know, minus uh, one ball probably, 
um, played played uh, like they should have in this game. Special teams, another bright spot. Uh, Winston is is turning into a real threat there on kickoff return. So, opening statement there from head coach Neil Brown. Very, uh, you know, was happy with his team's performance, but there's obviously stuff they need to take care of, and that's what a good good coach will say is. You got. You still got to find some things that were wrong with the game to be able to win the game or to be able to improve every week. Yeah, he was happy with Davies' performance, 14-22, 259, three scores. But I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Green ends up being the starter at some point for this team because of his ability to run the ball. He had 98 yards rushing and two scores. And I just don't think Daigie has been that dynamic. I feel like he should do more against a team like that, even though he was solid. I don't know, I just feel like better completion percentage would be expected out of him in that matchup. I mean, not a bad performance, but I just wouldn't be surprised if Green ends up being their guy. And before we close the book on West Virginia, uh, they have a tough matchup this week against a coming in, was it? Two, I think they're 2-0 and or 3-0? and Are they 3-0? 2-0 Virginia Tech Hokies team. That's a noon kickoff. 8.30 pregame, that'll be right here on Talk Radio WRNR, but that'll be a great game, and we'll talk about that some more going later in the week, but just a quick programming note, we will, actually, we will, uh, if all technology wants to work correctly, we will have the re-air of the pro- coaches' press conference show tomorrow at 1 p.m. right after the show, um, but we will not have the coaches, the Coach Neil Brown show Thursday night at 6 o'clock because Washington football team will have their second game of the season, a division game against the Giants, and we will go to that pregame coverage at 6 p.m. Just a little programming note for the listeners out there. Uh, now let's move over to Marshall real fast before we get in a break, and then we'll talk about the top 25 rankings after the break. But Marshall with the easy win over um, NC Central and – Marshall really came out sloppy, and it was a nothing-nothing game for the first few minutes of the contest, for really the first, like, ten minutes of the contest. Yeah, I'm not sold on Grant Wells. I still think that he has a lot of work to do. I did some research this week, and we can maybe talk about this later because I know we don't have that much time here, but you know, his numbers against teams that are good and numbers against teams that are bad are very different. And um, I don't think they have a backup that – is better than him, but I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like he might hold them back this year. And, you know, Coach Huff was very frustrated, and he he definitely uh, had that in the postgame. Yeah, you talk about that. Let's listen to how, how he was frustrated about the team coming out and the way they performed. I'd like to first start off by thanking the fans, students, um, alumni. Um, I thought when we came out of that uh, tunnel – that student section was, was, was on fire, and I appreciate that. Um, I want to apologize to those same people uh, who paid to see a product that we did not deliver on today. Um, one of the sloppiest first half of football I've, I've ever been a part of, and that's on me. Um, so I want to apologize to the fans, to the students. I challenged you guys. You guys did your part. You showed up. I did not do my part. We will be better. Um, yes, we won the game, um, but when you're trying to close the gap, it's not about who you play, it's about how you play. Um, I did think we bounced back a little bit as the game kind of got going on into the second half and did some positive things, got a chance to play a lot of guys. Defense really bowed their neck a couple opportunities and um, came up with some stops. 
Um, got a chance to get a lot of guys in on both sides of the ball, which is going to help us down the road. Um, but we got to be a lot better. Our, our discipline is, is way off. Um, but it goes back to our preparation. We practiced exactly how we played this week. We practiced like we were playing an opponent that was, quote, unquote, below us level-wise um, as far as what, what division they were in. And that's how we practiced. And hopefully we'll learn from it. Um, I got to do a better job. I saw it all week. I talked about it all week, but obviously I didn't get it changed. Um, but we'll be better. Uh, I think the guys learned from it. I think in the locker room they kind of you know, opened their eyes to it. Um, so some positive, definitely, but uh, a lot we can get cleaned up for sure. I open up questions. And I think that's something that we never heard out of Coach Doc Holliday. Coach Huff doesn't seem content. Yeah, I think – it got a little over the top later on in the press conference when he said something like, if we had Dan Marino, we still would have looked terrible on offense. I was like, I don't know about that, Coach. But, um, you know, over, overall, I, I'm I'm in agreement with that first statement there about, you know, they, they came out sloppy. They seemed disoriented – or not disoriented, that's probably the wrong word, but disorganized, I should yeah. say. And seemed like they, they were just kind of walking through things and eventually cleaned it up and did, you know, prevail. But – that's concerning, I think, as we head into now for Marshall will be a tougher stretch in ECU and App State coming well, up. Well, I think it's not only a, just a tougher stretch because they're, you know, they're obviously FBS component or uh, opponents, but you have this game Saturday, which is kind of going to be an emotional game for the Herd fans because it's East Carolina coming to Marshall the year after the plane crashed, the year when Marshall, uh, when the seventy, when the Young Thundering Herd kind of took over. But then you, for the players, you got to turn around and play a Thursday night game at Appalachian State. So two good teams too. I think ECU yeah. only lost by three to South Carolina. So you know they're a quality team, even though they're zero and two. And App State, obviously, you know, always pretty good. So th- those are tough matchups. I just think that that turnaround is going to be really hard, especially if you come out and you don't play well against East Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I'm like one loss you. could turn into two losses. Just because you have a, what is that, a five-day turnaround between games? Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. Uh, so that with that, we will take our second break of the day. And when we come back, we'll talk uh, – when we come back, we will talk some uh, conference realignment, look at the top ten a little bit, what changed, and then we'll talk NFL after that. But this segment sponsored in part by – Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons Ford of Martinsburg.com. We'll be back for more of the Sports Mix next. Got talked into going out with hopes you were staying in. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
The 2021 season has arrived. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Donaldson, Senior Vice President of Media and Content, inviting you to join myself, Bram Weinstein, and D'Angelo Hall for all the live action throughout the year. I'll be joined by Washington football great Santana Moss for our pregame show, while Scott Jackson and Fred Smoot anchor our postgame show. Right here on your Eastern Panhandle home for the Washington football team, 106.5 FM, AM 740, Talk Radio WRNR, your local talk, news, and sports leader. WVU Medicine continues to expand to meet the needs of our growing community. We're excited to offer high-quality health care in the Shepherdstown area at our new medical office facility located on Route 45 West at 60 McLean Way. Services available at the new WVU Medicine Shepherdstown location include primary care, behavioral health and psychiatry, and specialty care. Plus, two departments of Berkeley Medical Center are on-site, lab services, and x-ray services available weekdays 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Make an appointment today at WVU Medicine. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti. When you need justice. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll continue with some college football talk and just run through the top 10 quickly as there were some interesting matchups this week. This is the AP Top 25 came out yesterday. Uh, Alabama, obviously number one. Georgia, number two. Oklahoma, number three. Oregon jumps up to number five or four after being ranked 12th. That's after the big win over Ohio State. Iowa with the win over Ohio State or Iowa State, excuse me, trying to get all the states mixed up there, uh, jumps from 10 to 5. Clemson at stays at 6. Texas A&M jumps back to 7 from 5. Cincinnati jumps up or jumps back one spot uh, from 7 to 8. Ohio State jump, or falls back from 3 to 9. Penn State up 11 or up to 10 from 11. And then just a couple – other teams down there that are kind of shockers. We talked about Virginia Tech. They're number 15 in the nation. Number 16 in the nation, Coastal Carolina, getting some love yet again. Uh, 1A Independence BYU with a big win the other day. They come in now first ranking at number 23. Um, Michigan at 25 right there in the top 25. Liberty getting some votes as well. UCF getting some votes. Maryland getting some votes. Army gets a vote. That's interesting to me. Uh, they see. beat the powerhouse Western Kentucky. Yeah, powerhouse <laughs> out of the conference. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, powerhouse, definitely. Uh, but let's talk about some things that are kind of creeping up here in college football is conference realignment. We've kind of heard that the last few weeks, but things continue to ramp up at just as a season goes on, really, right, for college football? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rumors and speculation. So initially – what I had thought was like maybe App State, Coastal, and Marshall or UAB, you know, one of those few or some of those programs would probably make the jump 
to the American once we heard that a bunch of the American schools were going to the Big 12. Now there's a rumor going around that Marshall may make the jump to the Sun Belt, which I, I would say at this point is now better than Conference USA. Yeah, I mean, because you got Coastal in there, you got App State. App State in there, and I think those are two teams that Marshall, specifically two teams, Marshall can contend with on a better level than they can with, let's just say, like Florida International or North uh, North Texas is usually good, but like UTEP or UTSA. They'd be better matchups. Uh, they already contend with those teams because yeah. they usually beat them, so they'd be better matchups for them. Uh, and I just think regionally, we regional, <laughs> regionally, it makes a lot more sense for Marshall to be in a conference of Coastal and App State opposed to traveling to Texas for a lot of its games. Yeah. So, you know, that would be better, I think, overall. But I thought that those schools would be in contention to replace the likes of UConn, who obviously went independent last year. And then what we were hearing was Cincinnati, uh, Houston, and one other was going to make the jump to the Big 12 in the American. And then I wonder, well, what does that mean for the Big 12? Because, like, does West Virginia want to play Cincinnati was the other team? Uh, or do they want to play, you know, these these lower-level teams? Would West Virginia, or like an Oklahoma State, you know, maybe move to, I don't know, the Big Ten or the, or the ACC? So there's a lot of options out there, and I, I do think Texas and Oklahoma have really – shifted now everybody's uh decision making in the in the college football landscape and in particular the schools that are in the mountain state west virginia marshall might be greatly impacted by that move well what's something that i really think for a conference usa side of things and the marshall side of things is i really think this has been talked about long talked about got it brought up last summer because of all the covid issues and people wanting to regionalize things more so they weren't having to travel all over the country all the time Sunbelt Conference USA merger would be that was pretty much what it was. It was would like be Southern the best Miss would thing move ever. in as well. I think was in this tweet that I saw, which wasn't a very reliable source. I don't know how you know likely it is, but it did make sense to make it more regional. And also with those teams moving you know around, it would it would cause some openings. Yeah, and I think I th- like I think what a really cool alignment would be is hear me out on this one. Uh, this was. A team from the FCS level that really needs to move to the FBS level that is, you know, pretty close to where we are right now, just down 81 a little bit, James Madison. I think James Madison needs to get the call to come up to the FBS level. I think they the were in five. the rumor to join the Sun Belt as well in that in that tweet that I saw. So, so yeah, I saw this last year. I'm looking at it right now. The, the Conference USA and Sun Belt would merge. They would make two divisions, and it would be the conf- – or the whatever they name it, East and West. East would include – from the top down, JMU, Marshall, ODU, Western Kentucky, App State, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and I believe FAU, FIU, and then the West would include Arkansas State, UAB, Louisiana Tech, Troy, Southern Miss, South Alabama, Louisiana Lafayette, North Texas, uh, UTEP, UTSA, Texas State, and Rice. I think that could be a good conference. Yeah. And I think I, mean, you, I think you play like one or – I'd say maybe two crossover games in non-conference play for like – or in conference play for t- for maybe basketball or stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe you play one a year for football and you just every year rotate it till you get to every state or every team in, that, in each side. 
And I don't know how that would play conference wise because, or like your division wise, because you got, was it two, four, six, eight, ten, like twelve teams? That's in too the, many teams in the division. Yeah, I mean, I think that wouldn't it, work. Out. I think if you made it like two different things and they were two different entities, they could be two different. Like you just, you just, you just merge some of your schools, give them some, and you take some, and then you call it a day. Honestly, I think that's what you do. Because if you got two, 12 teams in the East, that's six teams. You can make a North and a South division. Yeah, I don't know. I, this was kind of like that, but it was with the presumption that some of these Conference USA schools maybe make the jump to the American as well. Yeah. Which this is now as a result of Texas moving, Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC. And then, of course, some American schools moving to the Big 12 which would kind of make it then a group of six more so than a power five. I yeah, feel definitely. Like. I definitely agree More of that. a power four and group of six. Yeah. I so don't it's, it's going to be interesting, but these are all really just rumors. We won't know anything probably until the summer, I would think, because they're going to play out this season and kind of discuss this behind closed doors. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I, I just think that would just be a good thing. But if you're a conference, you never want to kind of fold into a different conference. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. Um but that will we'll hit now our 12:45 break a couple minutes late segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated, 360 Hack Wilson Way, Martinsburg. Or go to Orsini's.com. Also, if you're looking for any Yeti products, they got some great Yeti products. I purchased Yeti cup there a few weeks ago. We come back after this. We'll talk NFL Washington football team, some breaking news from the Washington football team side. That's coming up next as we wrap up the sports mix next. Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200 square foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns and Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360-Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. Conveniently located at 440 Williamsport Pike in Martinsburg, Sunset Car Wash's staff specializes in keeping your car clean. From our famous three-minute cloth wash to our touchless automatic and six self-serve bays, we offer whatever preference you have for your car wash needs. If your vehicle could talk, it would say, take me to Sunset Car Wash. At Sunset Car Wash at 440 Williamsport Pike in Martinsburg. Locally owned and operated. They're my closest friends. We've been through a lot together. Seeing our kids off to college, Kelly losing her mom, my 50th birthday, I trust them with so much. So when it came to my finances, I trusted Kelly's referral to her Ameriprise advisor. Beth gives me the comprehensive advice that helps me feel confident my financial future is secure. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Ameriprise Financial. 
Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. A little Bruce Springsteen to bring us back on this Monday afternoon, born in the USA. A segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson, Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Service at 304-263-4343 or visit their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Let's end the show. Let's talk some Washington football team. They got a, it was a disappointing 20-16 to 16 loss and some not really shocking news, I guess you would say, after the injury to Matt, to Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday, but he has now been placed on the injured reserve. Um, according to Ian Rappaport, quote, there's no indication yet that it is season ending because the, the new IR rules indicate that you have to be out for at least three weeks. So, or I, I think that's the new IR. It's either three or six, one or the other. I, I'm not too certain. There's like three different IRs you can be placed yeah. on, I think, now. So it's like a three, a four, and like a six or something. Or I don't know. But that was just a, a, a not-so-great game by Washington yesterday. Uh, the owner, Mike Hornby, had a great time watching his Chargers defeat Washington 20-16. to 16. He was in the dream seats on the field. Uh, he had a great time. He told us he had a great time down there and. Justin Herbert went 31 for 47, 337 yards with one pick, one interception, though. Austin Eckler, who was not expected to play the entirety of the week, and we kind of talked about that on Friday, he was questionable. Didn't practice all week. 15 rushes, 57 yards, averaging 3.8 a pop with one touchdown. And then Keenan Allen, nine catches, 100, 100 yards. Uh, Mike Williams, eight catches, 82 yards. Uh, Jared Cook, the new tight end there after losing – Who'd they lose? To? I can't remember who they lost to the Patriots. Uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, yes. Hunter Henry, the Patriots. Uh, Jared Cook had five catches, 56 yards. On the Washington side, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was just horrible before he got hurt. Three for six, 13 yards. Um, and then coming into the game because he was hurt is was this guy. Let's get it there, Heineke. Heineke. Heineke came in for Washington in one of my favorite sound bites of all time. He came in in relief. He didn't play too bad, but they were kind of just down at that point. They were not doing too well at that point. He went 11 for 15, 122 yards with one touchdown. No picks for him uh, on the ground game. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 20 carries, 90 yards. But you look at Heineke, he adds three carries for 17 yards. So, I mean, you get 100 and. 37 total yards of offense for him. McLaurin, though, McLaurin was not really there in the beginning of the game, but he made an amazing catch, which I thought was an interception, down the uh, left sideline. He had four catches, 62 yards. 
Uh, Logan Thomas, three catches, 30 yards, one touchdown. Kind of was, again, they kind of took them out of the game, it, it felt like. they The Chargers' game plan was to take out two of the favorite targets from last year, and that was Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. Yeah, and I look back at this game, and I, I found it interesting how heavily they went to Antonio Gibson because last year they were kind of, you know, a three-running-back system with him, Barber, and uh, – J.D. McKissick, and then this year they they just went heavily with Gibson, which, I mean, didn't really matter, I guess, but it was just interesting to see that they used him so much and didn't really use their other running backs. Um, You know, I think Heineke played well. I don't think he'll ever be amazing, but, you know, 11 for 15, 122 yards and a score isn't bad. Especially when you're coming off the bench not expecting to play. Yeah, or at least not – you know, expecting to start the or not yeah, not expecting to come in and have to get a win after you know you didn't really. I wouldn't say you lost a quarterback battle necessarily, but kind of came in expecting Fitzpatrick to be the starter. Whenever yeah. they signed him, they you know Heineke probably is like, oh well, I'm probably going to be number two. So it was kind of an expected thing. For I don't him. I don't know if that's his attitude, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's not <laughs> his attitude, but in the back of his mind, he's got to think about that. You're one right. one pick though, that one pick that um that Herbert threw was to new Washington football team cornerback William Jackson, the third making an impression right there in his first game for the team. I I don't think he's had more than one pick in any year that he played for the Bengals. So that's already impressive for him. And then uh, a couple sacks for Washington wasn't able to get the pressure that everybody kind of thought they would. Um, One sack to Montez sweat and the other sack to Jonathan Allen. He just came off of having a big contract and somebody that I really didn't see that, I thought it was going to make a huge impact, but had two assisted tackles, didn't do anything else, was Landon Collins. I thought after he came back in the preseason and, and showed that he was still there, that he was going to make more more of you know uh, of an impression. And the guy that really showed out from the safety position, Bobby McClain, uh, seven tackles, three assists. Uh, then Cameron Curl had three tackles himself as well. But just not the not the game the Washington defense wanted, giving up twenty points to the Chargers. And partway through the game, I was texting Colin, and at this point, Dustin Hopkins was three for three. And I was like, you know, I, maybe I regret saying what I said on the on the show like a month back or so, three weeks ago. Nope, three for four, missed an easy, not an easy, but missed missed one that he should have made. How long was that? I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, how do you know he should have made it? Because he should have made it. Was. All right, we got about two minutes left here. Let's just run through some of the, the shocking games this week. Um, you know, I thought the the Bill, the Steelers came out and really shocked the Bills. 23-16, what's one take you got from that game, Nick? Um, You know, Pittsburgh came out in the second half and played much better than they did in the first half, and neither team really played well, but Steelers prevailed. Um, also a big game that I thought was going to be different was the chiefs barely snuck out a win over the Browns 33, 29. And that was a late comeback there by the chiefs. Um, but the Packers just laid down to the saints 38 to three. They lost, uh, Aaron Rodgers was pulled. Yeah. I mean, the game was out of hand, so they took him out, but yeah, not a very good performance. I did not expect the saints to win. Or to win by that much was the, the the biggest shock of the weekend for me. And then we got about 30 seconds left. Your Ravens take on the Raiders tonight. What are you expecting from that game? 
I'm expecting the Ravens to come out with a win. Uh, you know, I said it wouldn't be close earlier, and I'll, I'll stick with that. I think they win by probably two scores tonight. I'm hoping my guy Waller gets a, a few. Uh, he's a former catches. Raven, so he's got something to go. He a can stay catches, off the weed when he was in Baltimore, though, so that's why he was off the team. Yeah, but he's really turned his career around has, there yeah. for the Raiders. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up today. Um, wrap it up right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you can catch the Nats on tonight. We, we're not going to be able to air that Ravens game. But uh, we'll have the Monday night football games that do not include the Ravens for the rest of the year. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the Sports Mix. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Dupuis, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>